What's up, everybody? I'm Bob Walters. Welcome to the Locked Up Sports Weekend Wrap-Up. Merry Christmas, everybody. Hope everybody had a great Christmas Eve, Christmas Day. Continuing through this week for the holidays into New Year's. As we bring you home here in 2022 with the weekend wrap-up, the last weekend wrap-up of 2022, I'm Bob Walters. Welcome to the show. And a big weekend we just finished up. Uh, I'm a little late on the show today. Sorry. 2.30 on Sunday. I mean, I'm sorry. 2.30 on Monday. But better late than never. And the New York Jets fans and the New York Jets just got a late Christmas present within the last hour. Mike White, Mike Effin White, has been cleared to play this week. So the Jets, after getting everything they needed to happen yesterday with the Packers winning and everything else that happened for the Jets that broke in their direction, they now have a good chance at the playoffs. I wouldn't say a good chance. They have a chance at the playoffs. And Mike White has been cleared to play, and he hasn't been announced as the quarterback, but I can't imagine you not naming him the quarterback. So they play in Seattle this week, which will be a tough game. Seattle's a tough place to play. It will not be easy. The Seahawks are 7-8. and eight. The Jets are 7-8. and eight. Seattle lost, yes, uh, on Christmas Eve to the Chiefs. So they go home, and the Jets, what the Jets need is the Jets need to take care of their business, first of all. The Jets need to win in Seattle and then win in Miami, and they need New England to lose one of their final two games. The Jets cannot tie with New England because they are because they lose the tiebreaker, losing both games head to head. New England is home this week against Miami, and then in Buffalo to end the season. I think New England. I think the Jets are going to be needing this week to be the one. It depends on if Buffalo is playing for that top spot or not. I think that this week, I mean. Tua, Tua, something wrong with Tua, I think. Tua has not played very well. He lost yesterday to Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay, who somehow, some way, is still in the playoff picture. The Jets, but you know what? Don't be scoreboard watching. Take care of your own business. It's not going to be easy for the Jets. It's not going to be easy. I would say it's still a long shot. I would say 70-30 that they missed the playoffs. Because it doesn't matter how good Seattle is, how bad Seattle is. That's a tough place to play. You're flying all the way across the country to play in a really tough environment, a loud building. Not a bad team, a good coach, a quarterback that's played well this season. And we'll see. So Mike White has been cleared to play a big, big breaking news here on this Monday, day after Christmas. The Jets got everything they needed to happen yesterday and this weekend happened. After things have gone so wrong and they looked so bad on Thursday night and they looked bad the week before against Detroit as well. Mike White has been cleared. Is he the savior? I don't think he is. Is he a better option than any, is he the best option that they have? Absolutely. 
a thousand percent he's the best option. It's also been leaked out that the Jets will probably part ways with Zach Wilson after the season. Um, I'll believe it when I see it, to be honest with you. Two years on a number two pick. I mean, that, that, that's tough. That's a huge, huge backstep. That's a huge miss by the Jets organization. A huge miss. You set your franchise back years when you miss on a number two pick like that. You set the whole operation back years. They're not going to have a high draft pick this year. And it's a shame because they're a team that's ready. They're ready to make a playoff run. They have the defense to make a playoff run. I mean, Mike White, I, I don't know what to think about Mike White. He's clearly the best option. I don't know what's going on with Flacco. I don't know why Flacco wasn't in that game on Thursday night in the second half. They still haven't explained that. I guess he just doesn't want to be there. I guess he's already, you know, one foot in retirement and just kind of, you know, waiting out the last couple weeks here. Because if they couldn't start Joe Flacco this week. Because if they started Joe Flacco this week, you'd be asking, where the hell was he last week? Where the hell was he in the third quarter? You know, you brought in the, the uh, a fourth-string practice squad quarterback. He, the, they brought in the guy who plays the second half of the fourth preseason game. That's who Svedler is. He's the guy that plays the second half of the last preseason game. So, we'll see. It's going to be tough. It's not going to be easy for the Jets. Like I said, I think it's still a long shot for them to make the playoffs. I think they will get the loss that... I think they will get New England to lose one of these two games. Now, Tua yesterday did not play well. He threw three picks. He threw three picks in big spots on three consecutive possessions to end the game. So Tua, who's been so good for Miami, has now not been very good for Miami the last couple weeks. He's really been careless with the ball. He's been a turnover machine. Three picks yesterday. Aaron Rodgers was Aaron Rodgers was not Aaron Rodgers. He was not great yesterday, but he was good enough. He made a couple good throws. Um, there wasn't many great games yesterday. We're going to get to the Giants in a minute. They played Christmas Eve, but of the three games yesterday, I mean, the first one was the best one, Miami and Green Bay, and it was a huge, huge loss for Miami. Because now, theoretically, Miami can miss the playoffs. They went from four or five weeks ago basically being the favorite or being in the driver's seat to win the AFC East. Now they're, they're going to scramble to make the playoffs. They just have to win one of their last two games. I think they'll beat New England this week. New England is a mess. New England is not playing well. So the Jets and the Seahawks... In Seattle, 4.05, New Year's Day, and it's a must-win for the Jets. Mike White should be on the center. We'll see what they can do. Unbelievably, after all of that, the last two weeks, with nothing going right, the Jets get a, get a big break yesterday. They get a break today, and now they head into New Year's Day, 2023, with a third opportunity, pretty much. They've blown the first two opportunities. 
the last two weeks. Now they get a third opportunity, and let's see if they can take advantage of it. Other big injury news is not even in football. It's in baseball. And it's Carlos Correa and the New York Mets. He cannot pass a physical. He failed the physical with the Giants. They had issues with it. He left. He came, reached a deal with the Mets and Cohen. Over $300 million, 10 years, big-time money, big-time contract, big-time player. And then he went, and now there's problems with the physical with the Mets. Now, he hasn't had issues with the leg since it got hurt. I'm guessing what the problem here is, is that it has to do with insurance. I'm guessing they can't get an insurance company to clear him, and they can't get the contract insured because of the the injury five or six years, whenever it happened five, six years ago, to Correa's leg. And if you can't get an insurance company to put coverage on that deal, the the Mets are not going to make that deal. Steve Cohen's not a dumb guy, especially when it comes to money. And you do not sign a guy to $300 million for a decade with no insurance on the deal. It still looks like, it's still word coming out, is still that the deal is going to get done. I'm guessing they're going to have to rework it. And I mean, it's a shame. It's a shame for Correa. The guy's losing hundreds of millions with this. He really hasn't had a problem with the leg in the last couple of years. He's missed some games here and there, but there hasn't been a problem, not with this. I'm not a doctor, so I really don't know what's going on. It's kind of hush-hush. There's also the the HIPAA protection, so things don't really get out. You don't get you know real concrete, definitive answers on really much of any of this. We know they reached a deal. We know the deal has not been signed. We know that there's a problem with the physical, and we know that they have not scheduled a press conference to introduce Correa as a Met. That's really all we know. Everything else is all over the place. There are people saying he's going to the Braves. There are people saying he's going back to the Giants. There are people saying he might go back to the Astros. People are talking two-year deals, three-year deals, one-year deals. I don't have an answer. I really don't know. Do I think it's going to get done with the Mets? I hope it gets done with the Mets, but I really have no idea. And if I told you anything, it would be purely a guess. Purely a guess. So that is kind of the Correa thing with the Mets is in a holding pattern. You basically just got to wait it out. Just wait and, and see what happens. I mean, with the Mets luck, do we really want a 10-year deal with Correa? I mean, they're not going to sign it if they don't get insured. But let's say they, get in, they find a, a company that will insure the deal. Do you really want to roll the dice with the Mets' history of injuries and the Mets' history of bad, big contracts? The problem with a 10-year deal is no matter what, the back end of it's going to be a bad, going to be bad. It's going to be judges is going to, any player, any player, any team, judges is not going to be good the last two years. You hope those first four or five years are great and you can get a title or multiple titles and then you'll live with the back end of the contract being bad. 
But I mean, God forbid you get this thing through and it's 10 years and it, something goes wrong and he blows out his leg in year two. And now you're, now you're hamstrung with, with, you know, 30, 40 million a year to a guy that's not playing. Because you know, all you Met fans out there, you know you can see that happening. You know you can. So I know we want Correa, and I know we'll be disappointed if this thing doesn't happen. But if it if it if it's any kind of chance, I don't want to take it with the Mets. Now, if there's one team in in the league that can ha- that can eat that contract and handle it, and one owner that can do that, it's Steve Cohen. He could buy himself out of that, but he doesn't want to. I'm telling you, he's smart. You don't get to be make $25 billion without being smart about your investments. And he is not going to sign him if they can't get an insurance company to clear Correa and cover his contract. Not going to happen. So we'll see. We're in a waiting, holding pattern there with the Mets. Even without Correa, the Mets are a good team. Probably uh, one of the best teams in, in, in the league. And they will go after and get somebody else, and they will make a trade for somebody else. The Mets will be fine with or without Correa. But you would like to see him on the team. As for the other football team in town, the Giants. The Giants, they were their own worst enemy on Christmas Eve. That was a winnable game in Minnesota. I don't know what to think of the Vikings, to be honest with you. They're 12-3. and They are not a they are not as good as that record. After the last week when they had to have the biggest comeback in NFL history just to win, just to beat the Colts, they come out against the Giants. They played better. The Giants played good, but the Giants made big mistakes at the in the wrong place of the field at the wrong times. You're not going to beat a team whether they are a real 11 and 3 team or they're the Vikings that's, you know, probably not as good as an 11 a normal 11 and 3 team. You're not going to beat any team like that where you turn the ball over twice on the plus side of the 50. You get a punt blocked. You drop short passes in big spots. And you drop two interceptions right in your numbers. You're not going to be bad teams with that, with those things happening, let alone an 11 and 3 team on the road in a big spot. The Giants had that game won. They made a great comeback on that last drive. I'll tell you what, that drive that Daniel Jones put together when they went down and tied the game was big time, big time NFL quarterback play right there. He took the team. He marched them down the field. He put them in the end zone and he got the two-point conversion to tie the game. Now, if I'm Wink, I probably wouldn't have blitzed on that third down and what was it, third and 17 or third and 11, whatever it was. The play right before the field goal. I probably wouldn't have blitzed. They, they had the perfect play call for the blitz, a little wide receiver screen. He got close to the first down. He got just enough yards. And it was still an improbable field goal. Listen, he was two of... The Minnesota kicker was two of seven this year from 50-plus. This was 61. 
I don't think anybody in that building thought he was going to make it. The Giants had the, had a guy, had a returner back because they were so sure it was going to go short. And give him credit. He crushed it. He crushed it, and it probably would have made it from 65. So give him credit. But it's still, it's it's not a good loss for the Giants. It's a game they, they had, they could have won. It would have been a huge confidence builder for for Jones. Bringing the team back, getting the two points, and winning that game somehow in overtime or something. And it really was just a couple plays, and it was the turnovers, and it was the drop, and it was the drop passes, and it was the block punt, and that did them in. And that's going to do any team in on the road. You can't make mistakes like that and expect to win a game in the NFL. Those are hard things to overcome, and the Giants are not good enough to overcome them. Not many teams are. But the good news is the Giants still in the driver's seat. They're playing an Indianapolis team who is not very good this week. MetLife Stadium, a win and they're in. They just got to win one of the last two games. Now the Eagles losing to Dallas on Saturday did not help the Giants. You'd like the Eagles to have it wrapped up just in case you do not beat Indianapolis this weekend. But you got to beat Indianapolis. Listen, you got them at home. The playoffs on the line. If you're a playoff team, the Giants win this game going away. 24-10, 31-13, something like that. That's what I expect to happen this week at MetLife. I do think the Giants will get in. I do. I think the Giants will get in. And, and listen, that's a hell of an accomplishment from where they came from and from where everybody thought they were going to be at this point in the season. Making the playoffs for this team is a hell of an accomplishment and it says a ton about the head coach and it says a ton about the quarterback. This team fights. Give them credit. This team, If nothing else, this team fights. When they blocked, when Minnesota blocked that punt, that game, I figured that game was over. I, I would imagine most people did. But they got the ball back. The defense got a stop. They got the ball back. And they went the length of the field and they put it in. And they just left a little too much time. And the guy had to make a, a career kick. But give the, give, give the Giants credit. Listen, they're gonna, they, they, they still have work to do. They still have work to do. But I think they'll get in. Cowboys with the win, they still have a shot at the division, I guess. Um, Washington was eliminated with their loss to San Francisco. The Steelers beat the Raiders in what was an emotional night with the retiring of Franco Harris's jersey number, number 32. Yesterday, there were not many. Out of the three games, one of them was good. It was the first one. It was Packers over the Dolphins in Miami. The second one, the Broncos, that they hit rock bottom yesterday. The Broncos hit rock bottom yesterday. That defense gave up 51 points to the Rams, who have just been pathetic in their defense of the Super Bowl. 51 points to the Rams, 51-14 the final there. And then last night, I'll tell you what, Tom Brady's finished. I know they came back. I know they got the win. They beat the Cardinals. I know they still might win the division. Although Carolina is... I mean, I listen, I don't know. 
someone's going to back into the playoffs in that division. And it might be the Buccaneers, but Tom Brady is finished. He looked every bit the sixth round pick that he was last night. Tom Brady, it took you know, 15, 20 years, five or six Super Bowls, a bunch of Super Bowl MVPs, but he finally now, in 2023, is starting to look like the sixth round pick that he was the day he was drafted. He's all over that place. That Bucks team is not good. The Cardinals team is worse, and that's why the Bucks were able to squeak out an overtime win yesterday by the skin of their teeth, too. That game was 16-6 in the fourth quarter. And people are going to be like, oh, Tom Brady brought them back. It's these, these fourth quarter comebacks. Listen, if you watched that game, you, you saw. It wasn't hard to see. You didn't have to watch a bunch of football or know a lot about football to see that Tom Brady was not any good. They just got lucky and they were playing an even worse team. That's what happened there. So the Giants and the Jets both, as we head into week 17, are both alive for the playoffs, which is, if you told, if I told you that back in August or September, you would have thought I was drinking. I do think the Giants will make it. I think it's still a long shot for the Jets. But hey, you know what? If Mike White can somehow lead this team to the playoffs... They're going to be a dangerous team because they got a good defense. If Mike White can somehow lead this team to the playoffs, you might as well start building the statue outside. And it, and if somehow Mike White turns out to be the franchise quarterback that this team has been looking for forever, then they will be okay after missing on the Zach Wilson number two overall pick. I mean, Zach, Zach Wilson, people had questions about that pick as soon as it happened. Nobody was talking about Zach Wilson. Basically, the guy had one good pro day, and he he jumped up from like a early second round, late first round pick into the top five. And the Jets took a big chance. And you know what? Mike White has a chance to bail out the GM. He could bail out the coach who's been clueless with the quarterback situation. But I don't think it's going to be Mike White that wins these games. If the Jets win them, it's going to be the defense. That is the strength of this team. That's what's going to have to win these games. That's what's going to have to get into the playoffs. Now, if you're the Jets, you are rooting hard. You only need New England to lose one of these two games. You you want them to lose this week to Miami. Because then Miami's in. They don't have much to play for against you in the last week of the season against the Jets. And if the Jets need it, it will be easier if Miami's not playing for anything. It'll be much easier if Miami's not playing for anything. The Knicks lost their third straight yesterday, Christmas Day game, to the Sixers at the Garden. The Knicks have become a streaky team. They had that eight-game win streak where they, they, you know, they played great. When we we had we had Pat 
Pat uh, um, O'Keefe on, and I even said to him, he he was he was you know positive about the Knicks. Said this is where we thought they'd be. They could bring off four or five, get a good run going. I didn't think it would happen. I didn't think the Knicks were good enough. And then they rang off eight in a row. And right after we had that interview, they rang off eight in a row. Now they've lost three straight home games. So now this now the questions are back. Are they good enough? Are they still a good team? You know what? They're, they're an average team. That's what the Knicks are. I don't know why they can't win at the Garden. They have an excellent record on the road. And they have like a 500 record at the Garden. It, it doesn't make sense. I, I don't really know why it is. Philadelphia's a better team, you know. But, you know, the Knicks had a lead in the third quarter there. They had a 10-point lead in the third quarter. You, you want to win that game at home. 10-point lead, third quarter, Christmas at home, you want to win that game. You can't be, good teams don't lose that game. As for the Rangers, the Rangers are playing better. The Rangers have seemed to get, got it together. It's a marathon season. Both the NBA and the NHL are marathon seasons. And I was way, way off, off the trail with, with panicking about the Rangers, which I was doing. I was like, oh, maybe last year was an aberration. They're not playing well. They haven't played well. They don't look like the same team. Well, now they look really good. They got the kid line back together. The kids are scoring goals. Kako is scoring goals left and right. Shesterkin is playing much better. He's starting to look like the goalie he was last year. The power play is, is, is really clicking on all cylinders. And they're winning games. Eight of nine. They had a good win against the Islanders the other night. It is a little odd that it's not even New Year's 2023 and the Rangers don't play the Islanders again for the rest of the season. I don't know you know, where that comes from, why they did that with the scheduling. But to have the Islanders and Rangers not play again and it's not even New Year's yet, that's something that the NHL needs to look at. Because those are good games. And especially when both teams are good. And both teams are good. The Devils have come way back down to earth. Way back down. You knew they were playing over their head. You knew they weren't as good. I mean, they, they went... They were like a month and a half into the season with like three losses. So they've come back down to earth. They've come back to the pack a little bit. It's a good division, the Metropolitan. And we'll see. There's a long way to go. There's a long way to go in both the NBA and the NHL season. So there's going to be some ups and downs. The Knicks are, eh, the Knicks are all right. The Rangers, I think, are good, and I think we're going to have another good spring with the Rangers. But we'll see. Like I said, long way to go there. We are at the end of the football season. Two weeks to go. Both Giants and Jets still alive for playoff spots. And we'll see how that goes as well. It's going to be good. You got a couple weeks left of NFL. You know, then you got the playoffs. And once the Super Bowl ends, it's pretty much, you know, the worst time of year for sports for about about a month and a half, about six or seven weeks as you just try to get through February. You try to get through February, get through the winter, and then get to the tournament. You try and get to the, the NCAA tournament. It really starts about the second week of March. You get the conference tournaments. 
the winter usually breaks, you get a little bit better weather, and then before you know it, you got spring training and opening day, and spring is here. So we're about to hit a rough six weeks after the Super Bowl. You know, there's really nothing nothing going on. It's just the dog days of the NBA and the NHL and college basketball, which is all but meaningless until you get to these conference tournaments. But we do have some good weeks ahead of us with the NFL, and they're going to be good games. There's a lot of teams still alive. And we'll see if we can get two teams into the playoffs here in New York for the first time in a long time. You got your wish, Jet fans. Mike White is back in Seattle, 4 o'clock. The Giants, with a win against Indianapolis, are in. It's going to be a good weekend. I hope everybody had a good Christmas. Happy New Year's. We'll talk to you Friday. Brett and I will be back. We leave you tonight with some sounds from the weekend that was in the world of sports. Fourth and ten. It comes down to this for Cleveland. 23 seconds. Watson all day to throw. Now here they come and they bury him. Carl Granderson turning out the lights for the Saints. Over the sideline and picks. Russell Douglas. Third consecutive drive that ends in an interception. And how about the Packers D standing tall today? Giants by Julian Love, but Minnesota with a block. It's Josh Metellus, their special teams ace, coming up with the biggest special teams play of the day. They have an opportunity here for what would be a career long for Greg Joseph. It would be a Vikings record. Julian Love is in the end zone just in case this is short. From 61. And he has got it again! Vikings do it again! Clean look. Here comes Aaron Gordon the other way. Gordon! Oh, oh my goodness! Phillies take over. Here's Prescott. Pressure again. Stepson just throws it deep as far as his arm can take him. Looking for him. Oh, he caught it! A bomb on third and 30 in his first Cowboy catch. Last chance for the Steelers. Bradshaw trying to get away. And his pass is broken up by Tatum. Tipped off. Rachel Harris has it. And he's over. Look! Rachel Harris! Grab the ball on the defensive. On Tuesday, Pro Football Hall of Famer, four-time Super Bowl champion, and Super Bowl IX MVP Franco Harris passed away. We ask that you join us in honoring his memory with a moment of silence. Thank you. If you enjoyed the show, make sure to let everyone know by leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts or on our website at LockedUpSports.net. Remember, you can also find us on your favorite social media site, on Twitter at LockedUpSports, on the gram at Locked underscore up underscore sports. 
Join our Facebook group, Locked Up Sports, or on TikTok at Locked Up Sports Show. Now you can catch all the latest from Locked Up Sports anytime. Thanks for listening.